The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your morning headlines on this Monday. A 7.8 magnitude earthquake shook southern Turkey and northern Syria overnight, killing more than 300 people. The earthquake came as the Middle East is experiencing a snowstorm that is expected to continue until Thursday. Cat Metro says it is back on schedule today. Cat Metro Rail resuming service this morning. Rail lines will start operating at 540 this morning from the Leander station. Checking our power outages this morning in Austin Energy is still telling us there are 28,000 customers who are without power right now. All Blue Bonnet customers should have power. About 1,500 Encore customers in our area still do not have power. And 1,400 Pertinalis customers in our area also in the dark. We are following some breaking news for you uh, when it comes to North Austin off of I-35. Take a look at this. An Austin SWAT team from APD is at the business where a person is inside refusing to come out and it looks like they're shutting down some of the area here. APD says a person has a weapon. No one is hurt. APD does not know the relationship between the person and the business. We also know that uh, I-35 is shut down through that area, so something to keep in mind if you're trying to get into Austin from our, our northern areas. Right, Erica Brennis is in the first warning traffic center. She's tracking that for you, and she'll bring us an update later on that. And then also, we're uh, live at the SWAT situation as well. Let's talk about debris removal. The crews are starting to move through Austin neighborhoods today. I know it's been a long weekend for so many of us. Good morning, everyone. We're happy to have you around. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. The city contracted tree crews to help in this effort, three of them. For those who don't want to wait, you can drop off your limbs and trees at Austin's Water Hornsby Bend plant. It's on FM 973 in Southeast Austin. Typical month, this location could see about a thousand customers but there were nearly 400 on Saturday alone. Here's what happens to all this debris. What they do is they use all that vegetative waste, they grind that up into a mulch, and then they mix that uh, mulch with the biosolids from their treatment facility there. Uh, and they make that into a product that also water utility is marketed as Dillo Dirt. That Dillo Dirt is sold by landscaping companies. Since crews are gonna go to neighborhoods, City leaders ask you move your cars, your basketball hoops, anything else that might be in the way of the street. You also should slow down when you see a crew out there. Central Texas Food Bank saw a long line of people who needed help over the weekend because of the recent power outages. The food bank continues to hold a special distribution from 6 to 8 o'clock this evening over at the Delco Activity Center. It's on Pecan Brook Drive off of Manor Road and US 183 in Northeast Austin. Governor Greg Abbott says he may declare more counties a disaster after these ice storms. He made Travis, Williamson, Milam, and four other counties eligible for state help over the weekend. Thursday, the Department of Energy, Emergency Management, I should say, said that it wants you to report ice storm damage. The next day, it saw more than 500 cases reported on its online iStat survey. State needs to know if a county hits that damage dollar amount threshold to get disaster assistance. If you'd like to report, we have links for you at kxan.com. When we're talking about the um, Austin energy outage and the cleanup that continues, I think a lot of eyes are also on the forecast mm -hmm. because I know you have rain in there, right? For tomorrow. For tomorrow. Into Wednesday. Right now, we have warmer air this morning than we did yesterday morning and Saturday morning. That's 
maybe a little glimmer of hope exactly. for some people that are still without yeah. power. Let's start with clouds and radar for you as we say good morning to you. Nothing going on yet. Uh, we'll start seeing the radar get a little active as we get into tomorrow morning, perhaps as early as three to four o'clock. We'll detail that in the future cast coming up in just a little bit. And again this morning, although not as much as we saw at this time yesterday, we have some fog issues in the eastern side of Williamson County, northeastern Travis, fog in Pflugerville right now, as well as at Manor on into the northern Bastrop County, much of Lee and Fayette County's visibility at Giddings down to a half a mile, and it's two to three miles from Flatonia up to LaGrange. Visibility at San Marcos is less than a mile right now, and it's four miles for all of you in the Luling area. Live look from Northwest Austin, the Palms Car Wash on 183 and Lake Creek Parkway. Clouds across the area right now. No fog up in the northwestern part of the city. 46 at Lano, most all other temperatures in the 50s. 60 though at Camp Mabry, 61 at Georgetown, 60 at Cameron, a few of the exceptions. Winds are strong out of the south. In some areas, we had gusts 20 to 25 from Cameron to Georgetown about an hour or two ago. The wind speeds there are a little bit more relaxed at this time. Bus stop forecast today, clouds with some fog. Temperatures will be in the upper mid and upper 50s, and then we'll find a partly cloudy sky with temperatures in the 70s later on this afternoon, and that will feel real good. We'll have more coming up in just a little bit. Tom? Thank you, Rich. Now to those ongoing efforts to restore power to thousands of people still in the dark after last week's ice storm. We told you how about 28,000 customers still right now do not have electricity. Austin Energy says power may not be back for everyone until next Sunday. Now, in some cases, people have been without power for nearly a week now. Austin Energy says tomorrow's rain and the wind that Rich was talking about may bring down more branches that were weakened by the ice storm. And in the meantime, many kids are returning to school today. Austin ISD says all schools are back, but because power's not back at Hill Elementary School, students and staff there are going to work at Padron Elementary Campus for what the district calls a modified version of school. A lot of people stopping in one place and asking, is this a neighborhood or is this a truck stop? Some neighbors say they are seeing way too many semi-trucks. See what KXAN investigators found out coming up. And what was behind a split-second decision that likely saved dozens of lives at Austin's airport this weekend? It was a terrifying close call at Austin's airport, and it made national news this weekend when two planes nearly collided into each other. A quick-thinking, though, pilot may have helped avert catastrophe, and it comes just weeks after a similar close call in New York. Here's NBC's Morgan Chesky. In Austin, an airport crisis caught just in time, starting when a FedEx flight approached early Saturday morning. Confirm uh, FedEx 1432 heavy, clear to land on the 18 left. FedEx 1432 heavy, that is the furniture, 18 left, you are clear to land, traffic departing crossing route to 7:30. That radio traffic now critical evidence due to what happened next. The FAA saying before the FedEx aircraft was due to land, the controller cleared Southwest Flight 708 to depart from the same runway. Potentially complicating matters, a freezing fog so dense, officials had issued a weather advisory. There's no visibility, um, so you can't see the other airplanes. Aviation expert John Cox says conditions were flyable, but warranted caution. And as the two planes grew dangerously close, you can hear someone Tell Southwest to stop. Southwest support. FedEx is on the go. On the go, meaning the FedEx pilot cut the landing short, pulling the plane into a climb 
for safety. How differently could this have played out without the caution of that FedEx crew? Had the FedEx crew not initiated a go-around, um, these airplanes would have been potentially very close or even possibly um, collided. At New York's JFK Airport, a similar close call just weeks ago. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff clearance. An American Airlines flight forced a Delta jet to abort takeoff after somehow crossing the same runway. American promising a full internal investigation. And at Newark, on Friday, a Boeing 787 clipped wings with a United flight as it left the gate. No one was hurt, but the FAA says the impact snapped off a small piece of the wing. That was Morgan Chesky reporting for us. Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston back to normal this morning after a fire delayed flights and forced passengers and employees to temporarily evacuate a terminal. According to United Airlines, this fire was reported early Sunday morning in an employee locker room in Terminal C. The airline says 23 of its outbound flights were delayed. Firefighters put out the fire and no one was hurt. Still ahead, a look at why a long break may not be the best medicine if your child gets a concussion on the field. And some good news from Capital Metro this morning, another sign of recovery from last week's ice storm. Longhorn stay in Kansas, first in Manhattan Saturday, tonight in Lawrence. And things got much more interesting for the Dallas Mavericks. I've got more on that coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Some people in Travis County say their subdivision feels like a truck stop ever since drivers started parking their big rigs in their neighborhood. Unsure about what to do about this, they reach out to KXAN Investigates. And as Mike Rush found out, state law addresses situations like this. In their natural habitat, like here or here, they seem to blend right in. But when they're here... Well, that's a different story. I don't personally love it. Carly Howard lives in the Presidential Meadows subdivision in Travis County, surrounded by, but not inside, Manor City limits. It's definitely not what we want in the neighborhood. She says she started noticing the trucks lining up along George Washington Street, a thoroughfare in the neighborhood, last summer, but just one or two in the beginning. What's the most that you've seen lined up here? Seven. Yeah, seven, seven in a row, um, some with a full cargo load. And Howard isn't the only one who's noticed. It's the same complaint, different day. Mo Urias Roy is a member of the neighborhood's homeowners association. It's like looking at a convoy. But it's less appearance and more safety, she says, concerns neighbors. Hey, I just nearly got hit, or I just had to slam my brakes, or my kid had to jump out of the way because car came through, they didn't see it. Howard says when the trucks are lining up along George Washington Street, you'd look to your left to make this left-hand turn out of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You would not be able to see at all. You'd be just making a blind turn because the semis are lined up here. There's also a bus stop, she says, at the intersection across the street where kids gather. And they couldn't see to cross the street if someone was coming. Howard and others, she says, have been in contact with the Travis County Sheriff's Office. A spokesperson says a deputy told the residents that because the trucks are parked on a public road in the county, the truckers are within their rights. 
The sheriff's spokesperson also says they notified the neighbors that state law allows a subdivision to petition the county to have signs put up keeping commercial vehicles from parking overnight as long as at least 25% of the people living in the subdivision sign it. No clear answers. Still, Urias Roy says there's confusion among some neighbors as to who has jurisdiction over their subdivision. We're like a black hole. Presidential Meadows and a neighboring subdivision are surrounded by Manor, but in the county. KXAN Investigates was able to confirm for the questioning neighbors they do fall within the county. I think with KZAN's help, it definitely highlighted an issue and put a little more pressure on it to, hey, get us an answer. Neighbors say that now that their questions are answered, they plan to start a petition and get some no parking signs put up. As for why the trucks are parking there, the neighbors think that some truck drivers may live in the neighborhood and others, seeing that the trucks aren't ticketed, then follow suit. The story started, story started as a tip. If you have something you think we should be investigating, you can use your smart device to scan that QR code on your screen and send us a tip now. All right, the Grammy Awards were last night and it made history with Beyonce becoming the Grammy's most decorated artist ever. She won three of them before she showed up to the ceremony. Traffic delays meant host Trevor Noah actually had to present a belated trophy for best R&B song. It was a delay. I was shocked to find out that traffic could stop you. I thought you traveled through space and time. She eventually got there and she got the award. Lizzo won for record of the year. Bonnie Raitt winning for song of the year. And I think we need to put in big, bold headlines as well. Willie Nelson got an That's award right. due last night. Right. I think maybe more than one. Mm. Amazing. Did you see Taylor Swift's dress? No. I did not. But tell us. Perfection. She looked like straight out of the sky, stars, <laughs> navy blue. It was just a beautiful But did she look as good as you did in the dress that you wore Saturday oh, night? Nothing competes with Taylor Swift, okay? She's queen. <laughs> All right, Rich. Well, we, uh, we are bouncing back after what was a really tough week yes. for a lot of people here. We were in the 70s yesterday. We'll Gorgeous. be in the 70s again today, so it's going to feel good, and some will be in the 70s tomorrow. Then we get a little rain tomorrow as well. Let us start with a live look for our clouds and radar not indicating anything. I do know that we are seeing a good deal of cloudiness out there right now, so we'll see what that looks like a little bit. Here's a live look from the Austonian. Yesterday, shrouded in fog for about 930, and then it cleared out nicely to sunshine for the afternoon. Right now, it is 60 degrees. Yesterday's pollen count moderate for molds. They went up just a little bit between Saturday and Sunday. We'll get a fresh count for you later on this morning. Temperatures will warm nicely today. Look at we go through the 60s during the noon hour to most all of our viewing area in the low to mid 70s this afternoon on a day where the normal high is in the mid 60s. We'll fall into the 60s tomorrow morning. I think a little bit lower than what the computer is suggesting. And then mostly the upper 60s to low 70s tomorrow afternoon with that rain because we'll have a south to southeast wind across the area as we get into the afternoon. So clouds this morning and then we'll clear them out through the afternoon to a partly cloudy sky. Increasing clouds tonight with a chance of light rain after 3 a.m. Maybe a little drizzle as well. Here we go out to 6 o'clock on Tuesday. We're still seeing rain with a few isolated thunderstorms and then those thunderstorms become more numerous as we get into that time frame. <clears throat> overnight Tuesday to Wednesday morning and then the rain will clear out and the clouds will clear 
by Wednesday afternoon. Rain totals as we get into that Tuesday to Wednesday time frame, about a half an inch to an inch on average, some with a little more, some with a little less. The flash flood threat continues. This covers nearly the entire area now. It's the fourth revision on this flash flood threat in some heavier thunderstorms. And from Williamson, Travis, and Hayes counties eastward, we are looking at a possible marginal risk of any severe weather as a result of these storms that may push through the area during that time frame. So 75 today with a south wind 15 to 25 and gusty. Overnight low of 60, south wind 15 to 25 and gusty. And a quick look at the seven-day forecast shows that 70% chance of rain Tuesday, Wednesday. Check out those cold mornings Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Californians will be back in the 60s this week after a weekend winter storm blanketed the Sierra Mountains, creating tricky conditions on Interstate 80. Heavy snow showers fell over the weekend, during, drumping an additional 6 to 10 inches in some areas. All right, thanks, Rich. Hey, I do want to give you an update on this SWAT situation. Austin police on scene of a SWAT situation near I-35 and Breaker, and it is impacting traffic on the main lanes and the service road of I-35. All main lanes of southbound 35 currently closed, southbound again, uh, right near Breaker Lane. Nothing impacted northbound, so we'll just focus on southbound for right now. Let me show this to you on the map. This is our TxDOT camera at I-35 in Meadowlark. I was told by TxDOT, the moment I see this officer leave, then I'll know that I-35 is back open. So I'm monitoring it closely for you. You can see it there on the map. So let's take a closer look here to give you an idea of exactly where I'm talking about. Again, southbound 35, there's Parmer Lane. There's Breaker. This is right near Breaker. And then all traffic being forced to exit and reroute. That service road being rerouted onto Diamondback Trail. So be careful as you navigate that uh, alter alternate route for now. Obviously, this if this stays in place for the duration of the morning commute, it's going to be a major traffic uh, maker. We're not sure yet when this is expected to clear, when SWAT will be leaving the scene, but we'll let you know. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Things about to get much more interesting for the Dallas Mavericks and the Western Conference. This, after reports surfaced on Sunday, the Mavs are getting into a blockbuster deal with the Nets to acquire wildly talented Kyrie Irving, averaging more than 27 points per game. No doubt what Irving brings to the table on the floor, but he's had a lot of problems off the floor and also just not being happy at times, not playing at times, but he demanded the trade and it looks like he'll get his wish. Maverick sending two players, including Spencer Dinwiddie, who averages over 17 points per game and played in Brooklyn for four years, along with Dorian Finney-Smith. They're also sending future draft picks, but none kick in until 2027. Early reports are Mavs are not set to sign Irving to a long-term deal. They sit in sixth place right now in the Western Conference. Longhorn basketball team, they sit in first place in the Big 12 Conference. And what a weekend it will be for the Longhorns if you count Monday as part of the college basketball weekend. Saturday at Kansas State, they were down 14, came all the way back and outscore the Wildcats by 14 in the second half. They get the win. They hold K-State to 50 fewer points than when they lost in Austin to the Wildcats. They sit alone the top the Big 12. And now... They stay in Kansas over the weekend because tonight they get the Jayhawks in Lawrence. You know what? This is one of the best wins I've been a part of. I've been doing Division One a long time and coaching for 30-plus years, and this is a great win tonight. We were going to get a chance to have two great opportunities to play against two great teams in great atmospheres 
well-coached teams uh, on their home court. So, you know, we looked at it again as as an, as an opportunity for us, you know, 40 minutes by 40 minutes. I mean, we hadn't even really thought about, about Kansas. We had a really, really difficult task here at hand to deal with Kansas State here on their home court first. You know, we'll enjoy this for one night. So that's a win over number 11 Baylor last week and then a win over number 7 K-State and now number 8 Kansas until the poll comes out later today. They will no doubt drop after their loss to Iowa State. Back to you. Roger, thank you. So if your child gets a concussion heading back to school pretty soon after that, actually may be good for their recovery. There's a new study that found kids who suffered a sports-related concussion had fewer symptoms if they returned to school just a few days after their injury. For many years, doctors prescribed rest and relaxation as the way to recover. But recently, doctors have found that getting kids back into their groove really helps with their mental health. You know, we're social beings. We like to be with people. And so isolation is not necessarily the, the best thing. Um, schedules are really good for kids. So keeping them on a schedule uh, back in their kind of norm is also good for them. The Children's National Hospital in Maryland study recommends children between 8 and 18 return to school within two days of their injury. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.